The Nevada Independent launched three years ago. An online-only news website, The Indy, as it is called, has been covering Nevada news, politics, and government and has become one of the state's larger news operations. I sat down with The Independent's editor, John Ralston, to talk about the state of independent news. But first, Nevada's prominence as a battleground state could not be more evident. From door visits by campaign staffers to endless mailers in your mailbox, Nevada's political climate is red hot. Coming up this week in Reno News, we talk with one of the heavy hitters who visited the Truckee Meadows, plus why the Reno City Council tightened up restrictions on massage parlors. For This Week in Reno News, I am your host, Bob Conrad. This is Reno reporters have been covering the many presidential candidates visiting the Reno area. Student reporter Don Dykenukum recently spoke with Kieser Khan, who visited Reno stumping for former Vice President Joe Biden. Here's what Mr. Khan had to say. The president had been further shameful, uh, calling names, calling our military leaders losers and morons, and then uh, making funny gestures when anthem is being played, when everyone else is being respectful. These are an indication that this incumbent, Donald Trump in the White House, is not a democratic mentality president. He is an authoritarian. He is a, a dictatorship-minded person and not suitable for a democracy like United States. So history is not going to be very kind. The Reno City Council recently tightened restrictions on massage parlors. I heard from the city's code enforcement manager, Alex Woodley, who told me that a telltale sign that a massage parlor may not be exactly what it seems includes being open 24-7 and on-site ATM machines. Here is Sandy Anderson with the Nevada State Board of Massage Therapy telling the Reno City Council why changes are needed to Reno area massage parlors. I am responsible for the entire state for licensure of massage therapy and certification of massage therapy establishments statewide. And in that capacity, I am responsible also for the human trafficking, sex trafficking, and um, labor trafficking that's going on in our industry. These documents that are before you today are to help us deal with this issue. The documents contain a lot of information that is very similar to the city of Henderson. city of Henderson has reduced their number of illicit locations down to three. They are still aware of three, but they have gotten it down to three. City of Reno, when I started my job, we had four illicit locations. Now, as far as they're concerned, Presidian Partners does their numerics for them, and we are sitting at 26 confirmed illicit locations that have been identified because they've had phone calls for human trafficking or there have been ads placed on the Internet. Frequently, they will have showers installed that aren't to code. They'll have bathing facilities. They'll have laundry facilities. They'll have all kinds of stuff like that. They'll have people living in residence at the business establishment. And some of our larger properties that are going to be affected by this, they're on board because they want to see the illicit activity stopped. Yeah. It adversely affects their businesses too. The Reno City Council passed the measure unanimously. 
some of the upcoming events in the Reno area. Girls Rock Reno is coming to the Holland Project March 7th. The female-focused workshop will have hands-on opportunities to learn drums, bass, and guitar. The Reno Jazz Festival returns to the University of Nevada in late April. The festival presents breakout jazz star Joel Ross and the collective, along with jazz bands from 300 different schools. Mother's Day is also coming up quickly, and the VNT Railway is hosting a train ride with Mom in Virginia City. For details on these events and dozens more in the Reno area, visit thisisreno.com forward slash calendar. One of Nevada's most well-known journalists is John Ralston, editor of the Nevada Independent. I recently sat down with John to discuss the state of independent news media in Nevada. It got started um, after uh, my TV show ended and I was thinking about what I wanted to do next and I decided that uh, I was getting old and it was time to do what I had always wanted to do but never had a chance, which is run my own news organization. And I decided that I would uh, go and get the three best young reporters in the state and see if they were interested. And long story short, they were. I managed to get enough funding for two years and away we went. So you bounced around a lot because I re- I think I first started following you, I want to say back in the mid-2000s, approximately. And I believe you were with the Las Vegas Sun at the time. I, I was with the Sun uh, uh, at that time. Uh, bounced around is a charitable way of saying I got fired from a lot of jobs, Bob. Is that, is that what you're saying? I did, I'm not <laughs> privy to that, so I guess uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, what happened uh, there. You are a personality. Let me, let me, let me, let me give you just a brief history. Uh, I came here in 1984 as a night police reporter for the Las Vegas Review Journal and uh, uh, eventually became the political reporter and political columnist, started my own newsletter. Uh, The Sun showed some interest in that newsletter, asked me to come over and work for them when they had a fledgling cable uh, TV station with uh, Channel 8 and, and Cox Cable, and they offered me a TV show. So I went and worked for them uh, for about 15 years. Uh, and uh, I had a TV show for about 15 and a half years with uh, uh, three different stations. And uh, now I'm doing The Independent, which is by far the best thing I've ever done. There's kind of been a, a rise in independent online news in the last 10 years. So. Listen, the nonprofit independent news community is growing all the time. We're members of several groups, and it's a great way to see what other folks are doing and, and to get ideas. Um, and uh, it is proliferated. When, when I started the independent, there weren't that many uh, of them. We, we essentially modeled ourselves after the Texas Tribune, which is by far the biggest and most successful. And Evan Smith, who runs that, has been a mentor to me and, and, and has helped give me ideas and been very supportive. And I've gone down to speak uh, at their at their Trib Fest a, a few times. Uh, but uh, I, I still think it's the wave of the future in, in journalism is independent, online, and nonprofit, I think, uh, is, is the model to follow because the for-profit journalism model just doesn't work very well anymore. Uh, uh, you, you, you've, seen, you've seen all the major newspapers in this state get into trouble. Um, uh, and, and if you're not owned by a billionaire, you're going to continue to be in trouble because it just doesn't work anymore. Talk about independence. Why is that important? as opposed to 
a lot of these legacy news organizations. You know, everyone defines independence differently, but I, I think in the current news environment where when I started the Nevada Independent, I don't like this term, Bob, but it, but it was kind of the perfect storm in this sense. You had just had the Review Journal purchased by not just a billionaire, but maybe the single biggest economic and political player in a relatively small state, a, a phenomenon that had never occurred before. You had the Las Vegas Sun uh, essentially uh, a fading setting, if you will. Uh, and and so I, I saw an opportunity also with, with a guy running for president who essentially was trying to delegitimize the mainstream media and, 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 and create certain buzzwords that I refused to use about what kind of news was being produced. And people don't have faith in, in, in our business anymore, Bob. And so I wanted to I, I, I believe that I, essentially it was a gamble that there were people out there who were yearning for for independent, transparent news. Uh, and, and I like the nonprofit model for some of the reasons we've already talked about, but I also like the idea of transparency. Every single one of our donors, down to the lowest donor to our major corporate donors, is disclosed on the site. You can go and see how much money uh, uh, someone has given to us uh, at any given time. We disclose at the bottom of the stories if one of our donors has been mentioned or quoted uh, in a story. I think that we're trying to gain, regain credibility, uh, and it's very, very difficult because people are skeptical. People will seize on anything, and people will see everything, especially in the arena you're talking about, the Democratic race for president through through the uh, their own biased prism of 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 you know who they're supporting and 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 unfortunately it's there's so much confirmation bias that's going on now you know and, and nationally it's liberals will only watch msnbc conservatives will only watch fox they don't want to get information they want validation we're, we're, we're different. People will read our stuff and they hopefully will not detect a bias. We don't do editorials. We have an incredible range of opinions on our op-ed page. And one of the things I'm proudest of, not just of our in-house uh, columnists, but that people want to write for us. They want to do op-eds for us. They know that we are the place where you can have a reasonable, thoughtful discussion of an issue. That's what we're selling. So I, I know you've touched upon this, but talk about your funding model. You mentioned the Texas Tribune, and uh, I know they're really big on events, and that's kind of a big driver as far as their, um, you know, their income. So it looks like you're kind of modeling after them quite a bit. Uh, I am. Uh, I, I, whatever Evan Smith and the Texas Tribune do, I try to copy, and, 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 and uh, it's a smaller scale here in Nevada than Texas. But he, uh, he told me when I first talked to him about this, you got to have a diverse revenue base. And uh, I, I didn't do that well in economics in college, but that much I understood. And so we we're trying to do events. We're trying to do more and more events and more events uh, uh, across the state. Uh, we're, 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 we're doing, uh, uh, you know, two events in, in, in three events in Reno in, in the next few, uh, uh, weeks. And, and, and so, uh, the, these are the kinds of things that, that I think not only will help us become sustainable, will be, but will increase the awareness of, of, of the independent. And so, uh, I, I think we're going to do more events this year than we did in the first three years combined. How do you handle conflicts of interest? Cause you know, even with the nonprofit model, you still are beholden to donors, large donors in particular, I would, I would imagine. Um, how does that impact your news coverage, if at all? Um, well, let, let me disagree with the premise of your question only to this extent. You use the word beholden to our donors. We're not. Uh, and, and I hope that 
partly because of the reputation that I was able to build, and and, and I, I did most of the major fundraising uh, over a quarter of a century. People know what they're getting with me. They're not they're not giving the money and expecting a quid pro quo. Uh, and and we've lost major corporate donors already, uh, whether it's because of something that we did that we wrote or because of the internal financial situations, I'm not sure. But we've lost major donors, and uh, that's why you have to have a diverse uh, uh, revenue base. Um, our conflicts, as you put them, and, and it's a legitimate way to describe it, are out there for everybody to see. The, the, the problem is that people think find out later about too many hidden conflicts with the media or, uh, uh, and reporters might have or a news organization might have. Ours are right out there. You know that MGM Resorts has given us $900,000. You know that, that, that Steve Klubeck has given us, I think, six or seven hundred thousand dollars those conflicts are out there and 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 if people want to say that we wrote a story because of those donors i don't think i don't think that case can be made i just don't uh, are we going to make mistakes sure but not those kind of mistakes i i I have uh uh, 10 or 11 full-time people now uh, our, our budget is substantial. It's about $1.6 million a year. I pay my reporters very well. Uh, they have very good benefits. Uh, I wanted to create a culture where they, 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 were gonna, they knew they were going to have to work hard, uh, but that they would be rewarded for that and, th- and that they would feel like uh, uh, they were valued as employees and we were going to reinvest in them. Um, we do use some freelancers, but uh, 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 my, my full-time reporters are, are, are paid uh, higher than market value. That's good to hear. Yeah. Great. That's it for This Week in Reno News for KWNK Community Radio. I am Bob Conrad from thisisreno.com. <laughs>